Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we have seen Creed, and it is so, so good. Spoiler alert. Oh, by the way, we're joined by the great Derek Russell. On your safe place to geek out, this is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you on this episode. And I'm excited about this episode because we have with us, well, I know him as uh, my podcasting partner for life, in the great city of Tupelo. There stands a bastion of journalism, integrity, and truth. And a man who is like no other. I'm not really sure how all this happened. I do know that I picked the wrong cue to start out with, but that's fine because this guy is my podcasting partner for life and he's my dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mickey to my Rocky, the Rocky to my Donnie, the Apollo to my Draga. Wait, the whole metaphor just fell completely apart. I'm just going to shut up because I think we're getting to the right point here in the music. We are. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, my podcast partner for life, Derek Russell. Please play that at my funeral. <laughs> Like, I'll die tonight and just play that at my funeral. You mean the Superman theme? Well, that too, but I <laughs> think that's the best entrance ever. He's taking off, guys. Up, up, and away. <laughs> oh, Derek, thanks so that's much. That's good stuff right there. That's Man, good spit. Dude, I tell you what, I realized immediately I'd, I'd click the wrong soundtrack in the wrong, in the wrong queue. Have you watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Have we talked about this? Uh, I have watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's the wrong, it's the wrong boys to men. It's the wrong boys to men song. <laughs> my favorite. That's all I can think about. 
My favorite part of that whole bit is the look on his face. As he knows he's done the wrong <laughs> thing, but he's owning it. <laughs> he just keeps going. He'd run, Lillian. Uh. <laughs> I make love to So good. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, how's it going, man? Thanks for it's doing good. this. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. A uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. No, you're not. You're not a uh, first-time caller. And I don't know how... caller, first-time listener? No, that, no, that's, that, that's right probably either. closer to the truth. That's not true at all. <laughs> It's probably much closer to the truth than you realize. Um, before we get too deep into things, Derek, just a couple of, uh, of things to get out of the way. Number one, guys, we are mainly supported by you, independently, uh, completely listener-supported. This is a crowdsourced podcast and podcast network, and you can be a part of that over at patreon.com uh, by heading to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Our featured supporter for this episode is Ryan Rudder. The Irish Jedi, Ryan, has superhumanly powerful lungs, throat, and vocal cords and can produce a sonic scream for various effects. He can hover or fly at the speed of sound, overwhelm listeners with deafening noise, stun them with tight-focused, low-frequency sonic blasts, effective even against shielded ears by penetrating the skull via bone conduction. That's some comic book science for you. Plunge them into hypnotic trance, disorient them, nauseate them, or simply render them unconscious. It's a bad day for crime when the Irish Jedi shows up. Ryan Rudder, our featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. We've got many more to add to the Goldiverse Wall of Fame, which you can head over to geekoutonline.com and see. And we got a couple of quick announcements really fast. Uh, new Goldiverse podcast coming, the first ever Goldiverse podcast without me uh, as a part of it. Uh, DC on DC, Dave and Chad on DC. They're going to be covering all the DC news and movies and comics and stuff that we all love. Uh, Dave Jones from Mark Out Loud and Chad Reed who's a good friend of ours, they're going to be doing it. It's coming later on this week, uh, so there'll be an iTunes feed for it. There'll be an RSS feed for it. So just watch geekoutpodcast.com and watch the Twitter for all the information about DC on DC. Also, for the past couple of weeks, I've been a part of Star Wars Tonight on Tuesdays with Riley Blanton over at StarWarsReport.com. It's a very short-form show, and I get very frustrated because I don't get to say everything that I want to say because, as you guys know, I can be um, pretty long-winded. And uh, so we're talking. That's a whole different podcast. Don't start that. That wasn't even the good version. I don't know what that was. That was a little Derek, Brody. Derek, none of them are good versions. <laughs> I beg the difference. <laughs> Anyhow, You're uh, check it out. Star Wars Tonight on StarWarsReport.com. Uh, um, and for you guys that are listening live, because I don't know that I'll get this up tomorrow. Uh, Derek is going to be on, is it the Flash Fan Talk? Is that what it's called, Derek? On CW Fan Talk. CW Fan Talk. Talking the Flash tomorrow. And that link is the CW Seed? <clears throat> I can give you that link if you'll stand by. It's standing by. Uh, it's not like we're live or anything. It's fine. Uh, this is my whole music. Uh, uh, Please continue to hold. Our operators are busy. but we Your want... call is important to us. Your call is very important to us. CWTV.com forward slash fan talk. All right. CWTV.com forward slash fan talk. Check out Derek tomorrow. Get in the chat live. Make sure you really put Derek over. What time will you be on, Derek? Do you know? 3.30 p.m. Pacific. 3.30 p.m. Pacific. That's that would be 6.30 6... p.m. Eastern. That's right. So, wow, they're just doing this thing all day long, huh? Leading up yeah, to that's how long it goes. <laughs> so just take a day off work. You'll be fine. Wow. All right. So 
now I thought this happened while you guys were like watching the flash. No. No, oh. it's about last, or in this case, two weeks ago. Okay, so episode. I was wrong in what I thought. Correct. So you're going to be discussing the episode Monkey Business. Yes, which Cur- we've already discussed. <laughs> Curious Grodd. Yes, Curious Grodd. <laughs> Curious Grodd and the man in the yellow suit. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, so check that out tomorrow. Derek will be on and uh, show him some love from the Goldiverse. Show him some love from uh, the Starkville Labs uh, shoe contingency. Um and uh, and really freak out the CW with how much you love what we do, what Derek does, uh, just by getting in that chat and blowing up. And then as soon as Derek's off, just leave. Just cut it off. Just go away. And let them see the ratings spike, and then the ratings drop sharply. And, uh, you know, it'll be great. It'll be good times. Uh, Derek, we do have in, in our... Um, you started this with me. It <laughs> you always want to hear. you started you this. started this uh we, we got we got one quick snippet you started the whole snippet phenomenon um, yeah because i said we've just got a few snippets to talk about and you're like snippet and and it began this Whoop-a! yeah so we got a snippet here uh tonight actually they dropped a, a quick clip from an upcoming trailer new trailer for batman v superman dawn of justice um uh, that's actually going to drop on the 2nd of December. That's Wednesday. I, they keep talking about this, Aaron, during Gotham. I just watched it two minutes ago before I logged on to talk to you, and I thought I was watching a trailer, and then I went started, and I was like, this is 45 seconds long. And then, I, of course, I watched Jimmy Kimmel Wednesday. No, of course, it's a trailer for a trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer for a trailer. Um, really weird. Well, here's the problem. That's obviously a dream sequence of some sort. Um, we got one in the first movie, and, again, and we're going to have one again in this one in this scene. It's probably... You think it's Bruce's dream? It's it's probably a Bruce dream of, of some kind, brought on by something, or just possibly a just a regular dream sequence. Who knows? Just a plain old dream. But it's, um, you know, out of context, a lot of people are like, well, this is what he's got, he's got him hostage, he's keeping him... He's got him chained up, and and he's got disciples, and they're bowing to. No, it's a, it's a, it's a red herring. Communism was just a red herring, Steve. Well, no, communism was red. That herring. was that was like their color. Oh, um, no, that's I, right. Yeah, you I, didn't like Clue. Never mind. I, I tend to, I tend to agree with you. I tend to think that, um, just watching Bruce's reaction and looking at Superman's face, you know, he's not. Superman's not going to accept worship in that way. He's mm-hmm. not. Go- he's just not. That's not how he rolls. Um, I think the desert has something to do to play in with the dream because we see Robin's um, empty costume in some of those trailers behind Bruce. Mm-hmm. And, and wasn't Robin beat to death out in the desert by the Joker? Wasn't that where they were at? I believe that is correct. So, so obviously that plays into his psyche and everything so i i think that um I, I think you're right hopefully the full trailer will reveal that it is a dream sequence i don't think it will i, hope, I, I, I think don't, probably not i probably. think it's one of those things they want us talking about till march as it pertains to that and uh real quickly Derek, an un <laughs> an unscheduled uh an unscheduled snippet mm. uh that captain america civil war trailer how about that thing how about it what do you think of that? There's a lot going on in that trailer. There's a lot of running and a lot of fighting. 
and a lot Ant of Man, Ant Man is in every single frame. A, you, you just can't see him. A lot of breakup talk. <laughs> no Spider Man. No Spider Man. There was one of the bugs, but not the other. A lot, but there was now. In all seriousness, we do see some quick, like thirty frames worth, if that, of Black Panther. I think three quick shots. The one of him uh, kicking. Bucky in the face and then him running away from him in like a parking garage or a tunnel or something. Mm-hmm. And there was one other quick shot maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said, <sighs> there's one shot where he like kind of turns right to the camera and you just see really quick. Yeah. I think the, that's the right before the kick to the face. To the on face. Bucky. All right. I don't, you know, everybody lost their mind over it. I didn't. Um, I, I mean, I'm I not lost saying my, I, I lost my I, mind over Bucky. Do you remember me? Your mom. Yeah. <laughs> your mom remembers me. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. <laughs> like, this is how bad I thought it was. I thought it was one of those Jimmy Kimmel pranks. Like, they had him on and it was like, and here's the World Reveal trailer. And here comes Steve and he's like, Bucky, do you remember me? I remember your mom. And I thought it was about to be just a full-on parody of a trailer. A um, right. lot, of, lot of man love because he's like, this is my friend. And, and Tony's like, I used to be. No, so was I. Yeah, so and was, then I. It was And then I saw somebody... Uh, one of the best ones I've seen because you know the new thing now is as soon as a trailer drops it's gifs and mm-hmm. making funny versions of it and it did the so as I and it quickly cut to the footage not found thing from Arrested Development oh nice <laughs> yes yeah that because the thing is is those guys have been at each other's throats constantly they've never been through those friends. movies yeah yeah put the suit on let's see how you do you know yeah. they, this yeah. is something that's definitely been set up since Avengers since the only met. time the two of them halfway get along when they're not barking out orders at each other, like, you know, when they the group up at the end, uh, towards the end of, end of Avengers, um, you know, the big, the money shot where they're all back to back and the camera swirls and, and Cap is getting ordered. Other than that, the only time I can think of them actually halfway getting along is when uh, Tony's getting the propeller going again on the helicarrier. Yeah, and but even then, a, even then, there's some snark and some oh yeah, some some stuff because he's telling him what to do, and Cap's like English, speak English, you know, because he's giving him all the technical jargon. He's like, pull the big red lever, <laughs> and um the uh, the end of Age of Ultron when they're kind of talking, you know, he's like, well, I'll miss you too, you know, he's like, he's like, okay, we'll see you. <laughs> yeah, Tony drives okay, off. Yeah, see you, see you, dude. Have have a good one. And you are God bless. Yeah. So um Don't let the door hit you. I remember <laughs> your mom. <laughs> remember your dad. Got this place fixed up for you. See ya. Holla. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, look, I my butt will be in a seat to see both of those movies. I never really dug the whole concept of the Civil War in the first place, especially after we ruined it on Starkville Houseville. Well, we ran that into the ground. Yeah. But uh, I never dug that that idea. I'm not a fan of of the heroes fighting each other. I'd rather see them fight a a bad guy together, team up and fight a bad guy. I mean, I'm okay when like the misunder. I like the Marvel method of we don't know each other, therefore we fight, but then we realize we're both okay. It's well, a, and hopefully that's probably going to be the Batman versus Superman method too. Well, I think so. But Civil War is going to be flat out Civil War. I mean, they're they're doing the you've got to be more, you've got to be held accountable, but you know, this is, this is encroaching on our personal freedoms. And, uh, and so now we're going to fight about it. And, uh, and, and so I don't know, I, I've never dug on that. And so they're going, they've, they've got to go a long way to really get me stoked about civil war. Um, even though, like I say, my butt will be in a seat for it. 
And I hope I come away just absolutely shocked. My favorite superhero movie this year was Ant-Man. I mean, I I don't know if it gets much better than that. Honestly, I'm most excited about his interaction in the oh, film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I'm, I'm over Spider-Man. Yeah, we talked about that on the round three. But I'm kind of interested to see what they do with it. Did you see the video of the kid that's playing him doing his gymnastics stuff? Yes, I did. I mean... I mean, good for him. I can't do that. No, I can't either. But um, uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think Martin Freeman is Red Skull? Um, I didn't know Martin Freeman was in this thing. Martin Freeman is the apparently the I don't know if he's the bad guy or not. I, I think he's supposed to be Zemo, isn't he? Baron, oh, is he? Baron von Zemo? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Oh well, interesting. Shows what I know. That's what I. That's what I thought. Uh, now Morgan Freeman as a Red Skull Skull would be pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to see them bring Ross back in. Oh my gosh, Thunderbolt. totally! That's totally. a good round out to um to go the, back to the Hulk, to the which are really Hulk. only linked to the Incredible Hulk. Has been the Hulk. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Is well, other than the Hulk is Tony. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, no other. Well, I mean, it, really, it's it kind of breaks the fourth wall when it's not the same actor to me in this franchise. So the only thing that really connects it, other than a couple of mentions of Brooklyn, Harlem. is Tony. Yeah. Harlem, excuse me, is well, Tony. Yeah, the, uh, Bruce tells him, last time I was in New York, I kind of broke Harlem. Harlem, yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> But Ruffalo came in and owned that role. He's owned Banner, and, you know, and, and they've done a great job with the Hulk, I think. Unless um, you count... Uh, what was the first Banna? Marvel one shot? Eric Man oh the first Marvel one shot? The uh The Consultant. The consultant, yeah. And they were talking about getting They they wanted uh Shield wanted Abomination. Mm hmm And they're like he was a war hero. Right. And they're like, No, 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 no. So no, send no, in we're the not doing that. Send in the consultant. What you find out is when Tony goes to talk to Ross, it's to get Abomination out of cold storage or wherever they have him. Yeah. And they, and they knew that Ross would just tick or they knew that Tony would tick Ross off enough that he'd say no. And apparently, like, Tony ended up buying the bar. Yes. Something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stuff you didn't see on screen. Right, right. I miss the one-shots. They they haven't done any since Iron Man 3, I think. Well, I think once they started doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were like, yeah. Yeah, but see, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, eh. Bring but back Agent Carter. The Jess Well, they will be. They will be oh, uh, in the winter. The Jessica Jones was pretty good. I've not Netflix. watched an episode yet. Uh, I don't. I don't like it as much as I like Daredevil. But David Tennant portrays probably the best Marvel villain we've seen since Kingpin on Daredevil. I mean, they're just—he is phenomenal in in this role. He's scary. He's he's evil. He's spoiled. He's just uncaring and unfeeling, and he has a motivation for it. And it's it's kind of freaky. So. Um, I'll be interested to hear what you say about it when we get there. But anyhow, so that's the snippets I want to discuss with you real quick. But I really, what I really want to talk about is uh, this this thing here. Oh my God, Creed! 
Cuz Creed. Hashtag Cuz Creed. Oh, hashtag Cuz Creed. I, I, right out of the gate, I, and I texted you this when I when the movie was over. The favorite movie I've seen this year. What I think the original text is, don't you turn that light on. Oh yeah, don't, definitely. They did not need to bring the lights up in that theater when it was over. Um, <clears throat> this is my favorite movie that I've seen this year, and I mean that, and and I mean this with all of my heart. Star Wars has a long way to go. To Dude, me. I mean, I hate to be that way, but I, I sat down ready to be, you know, everybody's been talking about it, everybody's been buzzing mm-hmm. about it, it's been making all this money, everybody's like Creed 2 out the gate, already talking about Creed 2. And, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up, because you know how I feel about Rocky. Mm-hmm. I feel like you feel about Rocky. Mm-hmm. And Rocky's been around for you a lot longer than Rocky's been around for me, but Rocky's a big part of my childhood. Right. And so I, I sat down trepidatiously, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they turned those lights up way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, uh, the, okay, I have one kind of funny story about the situation. I'm walking to the theater, and, and the way the movie theater that I go to is set up is you, you, you walk in the main entrance and everything, and on a Monday night when you go, as it was tonight when I went, uh, you don't buy your tickets at the box office. You go on in and walk over to the concession stand. Right. I um, Ours does that. And, uh, and then behind the concession stand area where all the theaters are, it's just one big long hall. And there's one set of bathrooms. That's the same way our, the, the, the one at the mall here is. And it's on the complete opposite side of where I was walking to see Crete. Mm-hmm. And I and I kind of thought on the way I'm like I should probably go to the bathroom. I had a lot of coffee on the way over here, and I'm kind of feeling like I'm gonna really need to go to the bathroom before this movie's over. And I said, Nah, you know what? I'm almost to the theater here. I'm almost. To the I've gone too far. I've come. I've walked too far to turn around and walk back. And uh, and, and so sure enough, about an hour in, I'm like, I really need to pee. And. And Derek, you know we have, we have a similar story. You know, <laughs> you you know how life is. That that feeling doesn't just go away. No, you know it's not like I kind of have a headache and then it just kind of dissipates. This thing builds. Mm-hmm. There's something that your body does that's. And like, I bought the eight dollar collectible Captain Phasma cup and I kept <laughs> drinking even though I I needed to go. <laughs> I did. They're like, well, you can upgrade to a uh, the. Captain Phasma collector. I was like, yes. If they'd have had collector, like, they, they didn't even tell me the price yet. It's eight. Yes, I'll I'll take it. If they Let's, now they did ask if I wanted any concessions, but they didn't have any collectible cups, or I would have I would have for sure. I don't usually snack, but I'm yeah, sitting there. Yeah, see, I'm a, I, I'm a popcorn eater. It's the only time I'd ever have a Coke is at the movies. Yeah. That's the only time I drink caffeine is if I'm sitting at a movie. Well, I'm sitting I'm sitting there, and I'm just like. As as things progress, and dude, I was so into this thing. I was so into this thing. I was so into this thing, and then all of a sudden, I really had to go to the bathroom. And then I'm making deals with myself. I look at my phone. I see what time it is. I look up the running time. Yeah. And I'm like, thirty more minutes. I can do this. I can make it thirty. I can make it thirty more minutes. And then I realize, no, I did my math wrong. Don't you hate when you do math wrong? And like, I'm it's at, never in your favor when you do math wrong. It's always against you. I'm at the point where I'm in total pain, and I'm like, I've something has got to give. And I'm considering looking around to see if there are any cups that people left. 
You know, there's like six other people in the theater. You, you went, you went out there. See here, it's so funny that we have the almost the exact same story. Here's the problem with me: I went to the last show of the night. It was the latest showing, mm-hmm. so the theater is shut down once you leave, and right. they make you exit out the like emergency exit side door, which means you can't go back any further and go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. And the mall's closed at this point, so there's nothing open at past midnight right. last night. And I'm like. And it's pouring down rain. And I'm like, I got to drive home. I got to drive home. I got to drive. <laughs> I'm like, go! Get out of my way! Well, I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I can't just. Captain Phasma Cup. It was a bad call on my part. I can't just go um, to the. Uh, I can't just kind of let a little out in my pants because at this point, it's going to. I'm going to walk out of there if I did that with like wet drawers. Like people are going to know. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there and they're, dude, they're getting to the last fight and they have their little talk in the locker room and they're walking out to the ring and they get out there and they're looking around, they're talking and I see Michael Buffer in the background. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, the other dude's got to come out and Michael Buffer's going to be introducing them. I can do this. I can get back in time. I, 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 (laughs) And so I had a friend back in the day when I lived in Minnesota, we'd go see movies and, and, uh, and, and she would get up in the middle of the movie and go to the bathroom and she would be back like in 30 seconds. And I'm like, you, what hold? where did you go through? What, what, exactly. Did you How did you through? do what this? Did you, I was <laughs> like, I was like, you just pressure cleaned something. <laughs> And so I just thought I need to take this person's spirit in me right now and get to it, dude. And I just booked it out the door to the bathroom, got back as Michael Buffer was finishing up his. So all you missed was the walk up. All I missed was was Conlon's walk up. Oh, oh, Conlon. Okay, then and you missed so, nothing. There. Yeah, but I'm the, telling you, you that was some fire breathing. And I kept telling, I kept telling myself, I wonder if I can do. I was wondering about that because I saw the fire breather dude, and then he was listing the credits. I'm like, I never saw a fire breather. What he did this? Did he did it like four times, but then oh. the first time when the lights come up on him, the first time mm-hmm. on Conlon, the um, they do the whole ranking like they did for the guys in the, at the first part of the oh, movie, nice. which was good. It was yes. a good moment. Yes. Uh, so it was good. Uh, Southern facts. Southern Bell in the chat. Suzanne says, "Download the Run P app so you can know when to go to the bathroom. The app tells you the best time in the movie to go and describes what you miss." I, I'm getting it right now. <laughs> this will never <laughs> happen to me again. I had not having my phone. This is like, and this was a first for me. I've never had this happen. And I've sat through like double features of stuff. I yeah. went through all three Back to the Futures a few weeks ago. I did fine. I think I'm getting old. I didn't get that Captain Phasma cup. That That's was the right. problem. Oh man. So anyhow, so that was that was the only negative experience, and it was my fault, not the movies. It was my fault. It was totally my fault. Um, I gotta it's my go. My hat now. It's my, totally my hat. Uh, I gotta go back up here to someone in the chat. Let me let me because I want to quote it right. Uh, Frank and Wells in the chat says, when the title card came up in the theater after Young Adonis asked what his father's name? Acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, how much did you love this movie? Oh, my God. Um, it, the part of me almost didn't want to like it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain that, but I almost wanted to be like the one naysayer, and everybody was just fawning all over it. And I wanted to just be like, well... Like, I hate being that guy. It's right. like, well, they didn't get some continuity correct. And in Rocky Three, you know, and like, I couldn't even be that guy. Like, I felt like a kid. Like, I haven't felt like a kid in the theater in such a long time. 
And I did in this one. Just, I mean, I, dude, round 12. <laughs> Here's how the night went down. If you, if you, you haven't told the story about how, why we're doing this no, right I now. No, I haven't. Right? No, I haven't. <laughs> so I texted Steve when I got out of the theater at like 12 last night as I'm bracing home to find refuge in the restaurant. <laughs> It's just like it's all and caps. And I'm just, oh my God, Creed. And I'm asleep, by the way, when you text that. Of course so, you were. Yeah. I knew you were, but I wanted you to see it when you mm-hmm. woke up. And then, of course, you went to work and we didn't talk until tonight. And I was yeah. going to rehearsal to direct the, my show tonight. <laughs> and um, did I call you? You called me because... I yeah. called you because I was wanted to tell you about the fan, the CW thing right. tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And um, we just started talking to Creed. And I was like, you got to go see it. And he was like, well, I got stuff to do. It's going to be a while. And I started telling you, not like spoil... I didn't no, you spoil didn't anything, spoil did the darn thing. No, not okay, at all. I just want to make not sure that I didn't. But I started giving you like moments. Mm-hmm. I guess you'd call them. Just perfect moments from the film. And you're like... um, all right, I'm going right now. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> I was like, here's the deal. I, there's a showing at 7.05. I can go see it now if you will podcast about it with me later. Like, well, saddle up, partner. <laughs> <laughs> because the plan was to do a Geek Out Loud tonight anyway. and to talk, Just not with me. Well, yeah, just to kind of do one to get one out, to talk Jessica Jones. You know, but I wasn't really super keen on Jessica Jones. So it's like, I don't know, you know, more Star Wars, a little bit of Jessica Jones, da 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 and uh, and and when you start, I'm like, you know what? It's I need to do something good that I'm passionate about. And so when you were talking, I'm like, okay, we're we're basically doing a podcast right now. You know, when we were talking about it, and I'm like, we're doing this. And um, I mean, but what I watched in the theater last night was Rocky Seven. See, that's that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's obviously it's Rocky. It's a continuation of that story, but it's such to me a good passing of the torch. It's a great passing of the torch, but I did not feel like that it was such a. It, it did not feel like a reboot or a. You know, I wrote it. it, it I'm I'm so prolific, Steve. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know this or I not. I do know. Months ago, I wrote a big column for the paper about comparing Creed to The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And how it was this, they were both nostalgia sequels. They were not direct sequels. They were new kids playing in old sandboxes. And that was how I referred to it. it, it with um, Finn and Ray and Creed, you know, right. playing in, the, in sandboxes that came before them. Right. And in the last couple of days, that's all I've seen is think pieces comparing Creed to The Force Awakens and how they're basically doing the same thing. So you, uh, you beat everyone to the punch. Well, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Just well, you also beat it. everyone to punch on some Flash theories, but we won't go before, there. Uh, I did it before any of the movies came out. So, you know, Derek did it first. I did it. Buffy did it. Um, so no, I'm, I'm sure somebody else had that thought too. But I just, it was the first thing I thought when I started seeing the trailers for Creed and The Force Awakens. I was like, man, it's cool to see innovative thinking that is hey we can pay tribute to these franchises and bring in new people mm-hmm. and again and i and i kind of said Jurassic world did the same thing but it's a little different with Jurassic world when those films aren't set as far as part as like rocky one and creed are and star wars you know a new hope and the force awakens are when you see when here's the thing when i watch something like creed i realize how heavy-handed jurassic world was 
and what it was doing. And see, I still haven't watched Jurassic World yet. It's good. Don't get me wrong. But it was kind of the same thing. It was new actors playing in that same. Yeah, it's playing the sandbox. same sandbox. But it's also, and here's the thing. I mean, it's the exact with Jurassic World. It's it's almost the exact same scenario, with one or two things ramped up. In Creed, it's it's a different scenario, but it's the same. It but it's a it's a continuation in a in a, just a great way. Like I was watching this thing. And I don't feel like Rocky's story takes away or overshadows Donnie's story at all. You know, mm, this is because I mean, you don't. Need, I, mean, I meant to look, but I mean, it's, it's more than twenty minutes into the movie before you ever even see. Right, right, and and this is Rocky. This is this is um, this is Adonis Creed's story, and it's told so well because you got this kid who was you know, pass from foster home. And I was wondering, like, here's the thing I kept wondering leading up to it. And, you know, you talk about continuity stuff. I'm like, how is this Apollo's kid? Well, I knew that it was, they had said that it was going to be his illegitimate son, Mm -hmm. but I was wondering how they were going to handle the whole thing because I knew that was supposed to be Felicia Rashad playing Marianne. Right. So that was where I was wondering. That was my two big things going into it. A, how are they going to work him into this family unit? When he's obviously, quite frankly, excuse me, the bastard son of Apollo Creed. Jeez. And well, I'm just going there. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> and B, um, where's Robert? Yeah, right. Um, Balboa, Rocky's son, and to the point where they almost. Like it was like they heard me and they were like, okay, well, we'll give him even above and beyond what he asked for. We got a whole monologue about where, where Robert is, mm-hmm. basically, um, more than just a, a line or something that to write him off. And then they weaved in this whole Apollo Creed's legacy. Does this shame his legacy that yes. he had an affair kind of thing? I mean, right. I was, and I was, I'm glad that they did that. It didn't just write it off. Right. It wasn't just kind of a one and done, but it also speaks a lot of Marianne that she went and sought out this kid, you know, in juvie. And that's how the whole thing opens up, um, you know. And, and so I was doing the math because it opens up in 1998. And I'm like, well, 85 was Rocky Four, So, you know, if he died after, if he died before the kid was born, that would put him at about 12. And, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, you know, now he's 27, 28, 29. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. I'm, I'm down with, you know, so I, so I immediately got the timeline worked out. And it took me, and this is how slow on the uptake I was. I'm like, why did, did she give him away? Because she was ashamed? Because she was too sad to have another kid by Apollo? And then I'm like, oh, he's illegitimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when he goes, you think it's the mom. And then yeah, and then you realize that they've never met before. Right, exactly, exactly. And so, um, but then I was shocked, you know, because they do the thing down in Tijuana mm-hmm. uh, with his, fight. which is basically, I mean, it's Rocky the, One, right? I mean, it feels the like the opening fight, of Rocky yeah. One. But rather than cut to some kid that's been, you know, living the street life or, you know, in and out of juvie, even after you know Marianne took him home. We cut to him in front of a computer in a suit and tie. Working at some like wealth management place. Yeah, having just received a promotion of all things, but giving his notice. Um, 
because he wants to fight so badly. Um, the the dude he talks to at the gym is Duke's son. Which yeah, I, I mean, I at first I almost thought he was supposed to be Apollo's other son, mm-hmm. and then right. I and then I quickly realized that he was Duke Ever's son. Right. Um, see, but that took me realize... and then it drove it even home when they showed the footage right. later. They show it later, and I didn't realize I I wasn't sure until later. Um, I thought it was just some dude saying, well, your daddy, you know, someone who grew up around that place and that sort of thing. But he, um, I, that moment where he refused to train him, I'm just like, this is okay. So, you know, everyone sees this kid as a silver spoon. It's, it's different because Rocky's whole thing was he was the underdog because he never got his shot. He never got his chance. He grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. And and then Apollo comes along in Rocky One, gives him this shot just for the promotion aspect of it because the other fighter had dropped out or gotten sick or some such, and and so now what you've got is this kid who wants to fight. It's it, for whatever reason it's in his blood. He's got something to get out, and I like the fact that you know he's going under the name Johnson. He's not using the Creed name. And the, and, and the big point of the story was when Rocky's so-called friend uh, leaked out that it was Creed, that, that he was Apollo's son. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and then he had to deal with things on that level. But I, I really thought as much as this is a parallel of the first Rocky, they did so much so differently that you like this kid for different reasons and you were rooting for this kid for and different reasons. And you immediately reasons. like him. Right. Right. Well, you're rooting. I think, I think where you're rooting for him is because he gives up everything. He gives up a life of ease to go after this dream. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, this is a dream for him. And, and when he's talking to Rocky in the restaurant, it's just like he, you realize that, when he realized who his dad was, that he had became obsessed with with his dad. Well, I mean that scene where story. he's at Marianne's, well, I guess his house really, yeah. but at the Creed Estate, watching. Is it the second fight it's or the, the sec- first fight? It's the second fight. Second fight mm-hmm. from from Rocky Two on YouTube, and I mean he's getting into this. I mean he's he knows it. He's memorized that fight. And he's mimicking. He's not mimicking Apollo in that. He's mimicking Rocky. No, he's mimicking, mimicking Rocky for like fighting his dad. And it's kind of the whole, you know, it's not heavy-handed symbolism, but it's kind of the whole thing. He's fighting his dad. He's fighting Apollo throughout the whole movie. He's fighting that name. He's fighting that legacy. He's fighting to be something else. Um, and you know, that's kind of the whole point of the whole movie. Make mm-hmm. your own. You know, you're you're not tied to this name. Right, um, you're your own person, and you make your own destiny as a result. Um, exactly, and and I don't, I just, to me, I bought into the character. I mean, I, you know, I've been a fan of Michael B. Jordan since he his stint on Friday Night Lights. Oh, that and, yeah, that's where I fell on. And I was late to the game on that show, but uh, this dude is just an incredible actor. You know, he was the bright spot of an otherwise terrible movie in the Fanforstic. Still didn't see it. No, don't. I'm not. I mean, there's no need to. But he was he was really kind of the only good thing. And even then, he was working with with not a great script, with a very cardboard character, and he still made it halfway entertaining and enjoyable. 
um, because he's that good. Uh, and and so for him to be Creed, his his portrayal of Donnie is just is super good. Um, did you buy into the love story with he and Bianca? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the way I, I love that they made her, I, I mean, it's, I don't, you know. By the way, everyone, we're spoiling that, the heck out of this movie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I mean, do, I mean, do, would you refer to her as handicapped? I guess you would. Uh, not quite yet. I mean, she's getting but there. She's on the progressive. way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she has progressive hearing loss. Right. And, it, I mean, to be a musician, and that's what she said, you know, I want to do what I love while I still can. Mm-hmm. And that's a big driving force behind behind Donnie too. You know, he's like he at that pivotal point in the movie when she finds out that Apollo is his dad. Um, she um, he tells her that she motivates him, and I I, I think that that was real organ- organic between mm-hmm. the two of them. Um, it wasn't just somebody he bumped into. You know, it was somebody who was outdoing her own thing. She was trepidatious about the whole thing, but they ended up liking each other. Um, I like that Rocky brought them back together. Yeah. The whole bit with looking at the door <laughs> yes. was one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. <laughs> well, um, Rocky himself in this movie is a different Rocky than we've seen. A, a natural progression to the point where he is, but he's different. He's not... There are moments where he's like writing down the, the drills... For, mm-hmm. for Creed to do where, you know, and he, he's shadow boxing and he's like, that's O.W. at the end. And, and, oh, yeah, O.W. And he, you know, yeah. and he writes it down. You know, there's some there's some moments like that where we see... It's in the, the cloud. What's the cloud? We, what cloud? What cloud? Yeah, we see that kind of stuff with him. But it's not front and center. Instead, what we've got is just an aged... And with the age comes some wisdom a little bit of wisdom, you know, where he realizes his place and what he's doing. He's gotten beaten down by life. Well, we were talking about this earlier before before you went to see it, I guess, mm-hmm. how it's very much a character that has has left it behind. He he left it behind in that ring that mm-hmm. night in, in Rocky Six, in Rocky Balboa. Yeah. I mean, that that beast he's referring to, that stuff in the basement, mm-hmm. he left it in the ring that night, and it's it's done. It's behind him. He yeah. talks about, you know, he that, oh, God. I'm going to get teary-eyed just thinking about it. That, um, that scene in the, at, the, at the gym, at the other gym, right after Donnie finds the pamphlets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he talks and, about everything's been taken away from him. Well, and he, he looks back, he's like, everything else... He looks back behind him. He's like, it's back there with those guys on the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Don't well, you turn that lamp on. And when he says, you know, and there in that moment, though, he also says, if I could take everything good that's ever happened to me and put it in a big basket and trade it for one more day with my wife, I'd be a happy man. You know, you, you really, as and you saw it in Rocky Balboa, but here they just continue this idea of that she was his everything. Mm-hmm. And and I guess that's why I went to the asking about the love story with with uh, Donnie and Bianca is because with Rocky and Adrian, there's a moment in Rocky, and I've talked about this before, but the moment when he goes and to the ring, mm-hmm. and you know by himself that, that night when he can't sleep, 
and the guy's like, uh, he's like, yo, they got the poster wrong. I'm wearing white tights with her. And the, and the promoter's like, doesn't really matter, does it? You're going to give a great show. And he gets back, and he lays down with Adrian. He's like, I can't do it. I can't beat him. And Adrian says this, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the we part of what are we going to do mm-hmm. about it. And, you know, that moment, really from there on, you know, you see that she is Rocky's support system in life. When he, when, when uh, in, in two, you know, when she's in the coma and, and she wakes up and when, you know, that's do the one thing for me, win, and that's what he, and, and suddenly it's the light comes back on. In Rocky 3, What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Uh, in Rocky 3, on the beach, you know, she, she goes and talks to him, and, you know, and she's like, you know, what are you afraid of? You know, don't, go out there, but don't do it with fear. You go out and you leave it all, she basically says, leave it on the ring, come back with no excuses whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In Rocky 4, she says, you can't win. He's like, well, there it is. If Adrian says it, I can't do it. And then she shows up. And then she shows up in Russia. Yeah, and she's like, uh, you know, and and in five, it's just that, you know, she's there. She's like, we can do this together. And and it's the whole idea of, 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 she is his, his reason for breathing, and he's the one that's gotten left behind. And there's been no one else in his life to fight for him. He was always fighting with Paulie. You know, he even says Paulie was a, he was my friend, even though he wasn't always such a great guy. You know, and mm-hmm. it, and. And you see that throughout the entire story that, you know, he, I love when he tells Paulie and Rocky through, you're like a crazy brother to me. You really are. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's how he always saw Paulie is this is he's, his loyalty to him. And now this kid comes along who honestly, and I know people don't like to talk about, you know, Rocky five. And I know so many people think it's just a terrible thing, but you look at the last person that we ever saw Rocky train. It was this kid who was basically just using him. You know, and as soon as the big money came along, he left him and fought him in the freaking street and, you know, and was going to basically go kill him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so now this kid comes along who wants him to train because he's his only connection to his dad. And Rocky doesn't see that. And in that moment when he says, we're not family, you know, that's oh, something that we've, that's heart. something we've never seen from Rocky before. We've never seen Rocky lose it. But this is on the heels of that conversation he has with the doctor. Dude, what broke me is when the doctor explains to him that he's got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and mm-hmm. what that means. And he's like, yeah, they, I saw it with my wife and it didn't yeah, turn they, out Yeah, they good. tried that with, with Adrian. And-, and he's like, you know, I'm good with it. I'm, I'll be fine. I'm good with it. You know, and it's just like, oh. Oh, at that moment when she says cancer and it cuts back to him and the look on his face, like he doesn't get an Academy Award nomination for this. Something's wrong. Like I, you know, if he doesn't win, that's one thing, <laughs> but a nomination at least, but he better get nominated. Dude, for this. The look on his face is it's so many things are going on there. That's what I noticed. That's when, I mean, that's the first part that broke me up because there's fear, but there's relief, you know? And then there's this, there's all this stuff that happens in that one moment with him. Where he's just like, all right, this is how it's going to be. Well, all right. I mean, he was like, you know, I've I've done it all, and I'm going to get to see Adrian again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it was rough. I mean, before all that, when he goes, spoiler alert, but <laughs> too late now. We spoil it all. Um, when um, when he goes to this is this is what a testament this franchise is to me at least. Mm-hmm. But I think it is. I think it should be to filmmaking period. Stallone wrote and 
wrote all of them, directed all six? I I, I will double check that really quickly. I can't remember about four. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, he definitely wrote four. I know I I know he wrote all six, but I'm not sure if he directed all six. Well, I'm about to find out. I can't remember if he directed four. I know he did one, two, three, five, and obviously Balboa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, he did. He right. did. Uh, he did. I, no, he didn't do one. He just wrote one. He just wrote one. He didn't direct. He wrote one, one, but he did two, three, four, and he didn't direct five, and he directed Balboa. Okay. Well, this is more to the writing than the mm-hmm. directing, anyways. But he wrote all six of them. Right. That somebody else can come in. A kid, and I can't. The guy who wrote, who directed Fruitvale Station, which I can't think of his name. Uh, Coogler. Yes, um, Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. That he can come in into this franchise, and so. Stallone could have written it, I guess is what I'm saying. Right, right. Like, well, there and, was no... And he and Stallone did help write. You know, he helped kind of shape the characters and everything. Um, um, and, he was, there, and he was an EP. Yeah, the, but there was no... You know, he goes to the cemetery. He goes to see, oh my God. to see Adrian. He gets the chair out of the tree that's been sitting up there since... When did she die? 98? I can't remember. Um, 95, 98, something like that. Whatever, however long mm-hmm. he's been going there and visiting her. And, you know, as we saw in Balbo- Balboa doing the anniversary tour mm-hmm. uh, every time, which that that whole montage breaks me up in that movie every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Going to the ice rink and all that stuff. But to, but to be able to do all that mm-hmm. and write this character so seamlessly that it fits so well into these other movies is, is just a... When did she die? 2002. Oh, okay. She made it longer than I thought she did. Good, mm-hmm. good for Adrian. Good for you, Adrian. <laughs> I'm glad they got to spend more time together. Really, these fictional characters. Um, I think it just shows how perfect, not individually, and because, and, yes, some are better than others and some are campier than others and whatever, you know, five mm-hmm. obviously being at the bottom of the list for, I guess, you and me both. Yeah, but I don't hate it the way people. I don't hate, hate it. it because it has its merits, and we see how important it is to the overall franchise, mm-hmm. and which is what I'm talking about here—the overall franchise. How important this, this, these installments are when average as a whole to to show that somebody can come in and do that, and it still fits so seamlessly is very important to me. Right. Um, that as much as it was a love letter to if not the entire franchise, very much the first installment mm-hmm. or the first two installments, I yeah. guess. Um, and really three and, and really four, I really, the first four really, definitely because you have to deal four. with so much with creeds. Yeah. Well, you have death. to deal with his death. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about Rocky and the cold war, but you know, <laughs> 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 um, which is something I've said for years. Don't never forget Rocky Balboa. Into the Cold War. Oh, that's a great that thirty on thirty spoof. That thirty on and that was before that thirty on thirty. <laughs> but um, that that's just it. It was so it was a love letter, but at the same time, it yeah. was its own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think was so good. And that's what you know you said at that at the outside of this episode. Force Awakens is going to have some big shoes to fill. I agree because you have to you have to pay homage to what's come before, but you've got to stand on your own. 
And Creed did that and didn't didn't slip up in the least for me trying to. No, and 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 they did it without clever little Easter eggs. You know, every every mention of something that had happened before was done in the context of filling in gaps, as you said, in continuity and and progressing the story. And it was never like a wink and a nod to the camera. There were yeah, never it was like, never like you, you see what we did there, right? Even um, even his run, even uh, Donnie's run at the end, uh, where he gets the bikers, he's like, "Let's go see Rocky," you know. Mm-hmm. And he runs from the gym back to Rocky's house, and uh, you know, and Rocky's just looking up, you know, looking down on him from up in the window and everything, and and it's just like, that's your stare running moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so to me, that moment didn't play as well as Rocky running up the stairs, but you couldn't have Donnie run up the stairs. No, you couldn't. And I thought they ended it perfectly the way they ended it. Yeah, I can see my whole life from up here. You get to the top of these stairs and it's like you can fly. And I'm glad they saved that for the end. Mm -hmm. I'm also glad that, you know, Rocky didn't die. Oh my gosh. So glad Rocky didn't die. There's a moment when, uh, I love it when he's doing the chemo and he pulls out the stopwatch. He's like, "All right, let's get to it," you know. And and now, so when he starts doing the um, the push-ups. He's like, "I don't want to make you feel bad, but well, I used to do those one-handed." One hand. Yes. <laughs> so like good. the stuff that probably was not in the script that he said to him was perfect. Well, the, the Stallone probably just the the chicken the, the chicken chase and stuff. Ah, chickens are slowing yeah, down. Chickens are slowing down. Um, yeah, all that stuff was just. It was fantastic. I, I, I like Rocky's hesitance to to train him, you know. And it's like you told me earlier before I went and saw the movie. It's not that, it's that he can't. He he can't. He even says, "I can't hold the bags. I can't do this stuff anymore." You know. That's why you need these guys. And he brings brings him to this team, mm-hmm. at this other gym, and um, and he's like, "So I, you know, he said, I'm here watching you. I'm up here with you in your head, you know. And it's it's just some." just some great stuff as far as like i'm here to mentor you i'm going to do everything you need me to do um and and i'm i'm right here with you uh but what we see is a is an old man rocky you know who and it wasn't the old man in the last you know nine years ago it's been nine years since about it has yeah where he was having to fight to be relevant yeah. Well, it it's was, he he's this is this he's at peace with himself. Yeah. You know, um and and he's just living day to day. You know, and and so yeah, it's not as it's not a situation again. You you got to go back and that's where this thing plays so well off. And I saw the little uh there was like a featurette that they did with Kugler talking about his love of these movies and everything and 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 what it meant to him to continue on the story. So this is someone who obviously gets it. This is someone mm-hmm. who gets this 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 whole franchise. And and I don't want to be I don't I don't want to I don't want to go too far down this road, but it's not lost on me that Ryan Coogler, African American director, uh this this film was heavily cast with African American actors, you know, in strong good roles. And, um, you know, so for all the diversity people out there, go support this movie. Go show Hollywood that, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter the color of someone's skin if the story's good. 
Yeah, it, it it doesn't it has to be written for a black character or a white character. Right. It's just a good movie. Well, and that's the thing. Cast well, and 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 that's one of the things I liked about this. And obviously, you know, Coogler understands um, the struggles of a black man the, the way that you know Lily White Steve doesn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you're watching this character in Adonis who, you know, he gets picked on by Bianca for being you know from L.A. Mm-hmm. And you know, being kind of, they even use the term "square," and I didn't know people use that term anymore. Um, but the whole idea of he's not—it's it, not a—it's not a black exploitation film for the two thousands. No, no, you know, and it, it could have very easily devolved into that. Well, and it—you know—there's so many campy things they could have done if they were just looking for an excuse to reboot a franchise. Right. This was not an excuse to reboot a franchise. This was trying to do something that was a good idea that just so happened to also work really well. I feel if like they on, wanted to do something crummy. They could have had him pitted against Drago's son. Right. Right. You know, they, they didn't go that route. They did something cool. I feel like in the, in the scope of, um, in, in the scope of what they're doing, I think with Coogler and company, it was a real, true effort and desire to continue the story to stay in this universe for lack of a better term and i think on the on the part of the studio they're like hey we can launch a whole new franchise now yeah <laughs> you know this good was, on you yeah this was a launching point in their minds for a new franchise but for for everyone involved i think it was more of a a love story to what had come before um in in the first rocky apollo wasn't really a bad guy. He wasn't the bad guy until the second one. And even then he was playing that role to get Rocky back in the ring because his and I mean, pride just straight stuck. up in the opening moments of the second one, wheeling at the hospital. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because his pride had been stung, but in the first one, it was just like, we got to get this fight going. We need to make the money. Let's give this guy a shot. You know, he's a good guy. Fine. We'll give him a shot. You know, and he doesn't even pick on him too bad at the press conference and everything. Um, and uh, and and here though we don't get that. You, you kind of start out with that with his first fight under Rocky's tutelage against the Sperino kid. Um, yeah, there's really not. I mean, it's kind of like one. You know, two's got a villain in Creed, mm-hmm. I guess. Three's got Clubber. Clubber. Mm-hmm. Four's got Drago. Five's right. got Tommy. But and, and then back in six and in, in Balboa. Mason Dixon's not really a bad guy at all. No, he's, not, he's, he's just not played what he's pitted against, and it's kind of the same way with this one. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so, but here, Conlon becomes the bad guy. He you, does. You know, Conlon is, you know, he's not a good dude. He's got this temper. He's he's mean. He's big. It was. It's a scary fight, and, and Donnie goes in as the big underdog. Well, and what was funny to me is you... <laughs> you kind of got a half-hearted villain in Rocky's buddy from Mickey's gym. I mean, to me, he was the bigger villain. Yeah, yeah. He just, was the catalyst what set the whole thing off. Yep, because he, he felt, and really it comes down to feeling spurned by Rocky. You know, his kid yeah, was such he a good fighter. Yeah, he wouldn't train his son, but he trained this kid, so, which spawned him to go look into the kid's past and figure out that he was Creed's son. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up leaking it, and especially, of course, you knew that minute where he was like, "Okay, Rocky, you know, I'll do it as a favor." Right. To you. Well, Rocky and knew even it too. Rocky, yeah, knew Rocky it. knew it too. Yeah, I mean, you could see look on his face. And again, it goes back to Stallone's acting in this. He did, he did such a great job because I didn't. When you told me, 
you felt like Oscar Nam should be in the card room as a supporting role. I was like, I even said, really, he's played this role six times. But wasn't it it's above so, and beyond? Above and beyond. Uh, it's, because it, it's one thing to play the same character six times. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to play the character the seventh time and do something completely different right. with it. Well, he completely grew. I mean, and, and you see, and that's, and to me, that's one of the, the secrets of the greatness of all the Rocky movies. As much of, as, as much of an, a pure 80s movie Rocky IV was, and Rocky IV is in its purest sense just a blatant 80s movie. Good guy, bad guy, Russians, American, you know, go America. Um, it, but in each movie, his character progresses in, in in some way, in some subtle ways, in other ways more, you know, directly. Well, he gets smarter in each movie. Right. Too. And so, and, but when you get here, it's like light years, even ahead of where we were in Balboa. You know, and I kept looking for, and it was there a little bit. I kept looking for a lot, lot of the humor that you get in the old Rocky movies, and that's another thing. The tone was just a little bit different, just slightly. But see, different. I laughed at stuff. I did too. I'm not saying there weren't, weren't funny moments, like we said. You know, the whole I, I used to do that with one hand. Those the the chicken. There was a lot of funny moments, but it wasn't. It wasn't as in your face, as it was in the old Rocky movies. You know? Well, and that's, I think that's just storytelling. Right, right. 15 well, versus like one of my favorite things about the Rocky movies are the pre fight discussions leading, you know, right before they do their walk to the ring and while they're standing in the ring, there's some funny crap that goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in Rocky four, particularly Paulie gives Rocky the speech, like if I could unzip myself and be anyone else, I'd want to be you, your mm-hmm. heart rock. And then they get up into the ring, and here comes Drago, and, and <laughs> Paulie Walton says, I take all that stuff back. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the corner talk between rounds, you know, I'm seeing three of them. Hit the one in the middle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hit the one in the middle. Uh, how much you think this guy eats? About 220, about 202 pounds. Weighing 202 pounds, you know, yeah. those kind of things. That was gone. And and I'm not, that's not a criticism. I, I think you've got to... I don't know. I laughed at the tap and at the back of the neck, oh, but maybe I wasn't supposed to. Laugh I don't know. I don't think point. you were supposed to laugh at that. It took me a minute to figure out what was going on. I'm like, how did he see that? And oh, then I, I saw, it then just, I saw the second I tab. Like, oh I'm, my like, God. I'm like, oh my God, they're just blatantly cheating this? for him. They're blatantly cheating for him. Yeah. But and he knew it too. The doc knew it. <laughs> he he saw what Rocky was doing. He was like, okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of want to see this one in too. Um, yeah, I kind of want to see how this one is. Yeah, I want to see how this is going to turn out. Um, Dude, that 12th round. When he... There's so much more stuff to talk about. Like, I hate that you... Well, you saw the walk-up. You, all you missed was Connolly coming out. Right, so right. You, every, all three of those, from the locker room or the back room or whatever, mm-hmm. into the ring, walks were just amazing to me. Especially that third one with Rocky, that long haul. The whole... The second fight... But the, the second one with the second walk up all being one take, mm-hmm. one shot. Well, the fight itself. And I That's, mean, and yeah. I kept looking. You told me that. And I kept looking for clever edits. And there, no, was, there was one or two places where they could have done some clever edits. But by and large, what they were doing, and, and I mean, I'm sorry, this is, this is filmmaking mastery. They would, 
the camera would pan away because it's done in handheld and everyone knows I hate handheld, but they did it well because they weren't shaking with knowing, you know, for no reason in this one, they would pan ever so slightly. One of the fighters would come out of the frame and then for, for a second or two. And then when you pan back, the cut would be there. Let me get, let you me know. give you some, some hot tips on how they did this. Cause mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting to me. Um, so they filmed, this was the third day of shooting when they filmed this. Right. Third day. And it was also Sly's first day on set. Like, mm-hmm. filming the film right, total. Right, right, So, added pressure there. Not only is it your third day of filming out of the gate, mm-hmm. it's day one with Rocky himself in the ring. Or, you know, they're right, on the set right. with you. Um, they They had to do it 13 times. Wow. 13 wow. of those full t- I mean, it's like a six-minute take. Yeah. If not longer. Yeah. Um, anytime, but, you know, 13 not total, because obviously something would mess up. Like, they might have gotten a minute into it on take three and had to start over mm-hmm. again. Um, the uh, But they only had, of the 13 times, they only had two takes that were usable. Wow. Holy um, crap. They did 13, and the 11th, I believe, the 11th of the 13th is the one that they used. I mean... But what I, what I'm saying is, in that moment, you had to have people ready to go. Camera pans away. All right, slap the cut on him. You know, yeah. paint the bruise real fast. You know, or yeah. undo the makeup that was covering this up. Whatever the case was, because with the old Rocky movies, they filmed them backwards so that they could take makeup off as they filmed. Well, they um, I know the first time Donnie gets hit mm-hmm. real bad and it's noticeable was computer generated. Okay. All right. So a I few forgot of those about, things were CG. By the way, but, by the but way the, forgot about computers. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole cinematography, yeah, regardless is is there. It's it's different from anything we, you know, Rocky, the first Rocky movie is notable not only because it's a great movie, but because it's the first use of the steady cam where someone literally wears the camera to follow and walks along with someone without track. Um it, it's the wearable steady cam that, that that they developed for like running shots and stuff uh, with Rocky. Um, and here they abandon the steady cam and they go to that handheld camera motif. And again, I'm not a fan of too much shake on the old camera. Mm-hmm. Here I felt like it worked because in the moments where it was supposed to be steady and held steady, you know, the, the camera worked well. Well, the the steady cam guy actually took boxing lessons. Oh before gosh. they filmed it, he took two weeks of boxing lessons to to know where to weave in and out. Well, it, as it as they were filming it's, it, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, it, I just so wonderfully shot. the The fights were, and like I say, that one that was just the one long take, incredibly shot, um, masterfully done, and the 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 movements were so fast in some of these in instances you know in those old rocky movies uh it's it's very toe to toe there's some slugging here and there the fastest you really get is maybe in the in the clubber lang match yeah three i would um, say there's some fast punches on but here, even oh and fast cuts too even in, in four what are they doing the 30 for 30 it's just punch, punch is so powerful they weren't even landing, and they were knocking them That's down. That's right. <laughs> and they show you one, one they point. They show one you know, phantom punch, uh, yeah. Drago, uh, Dolph, throws a punch, and it's a good two inches away from yeah. Stallone's face, and it's still knocking him back. Um, the uh, 
but but they're moving so quickly in in, in these things with with the with the punches and everything it was just it was a it was beautiful to behold mm-hmm. i mean it really was made you want to not go to the bathroom it, you better believe it made me not want to go to the bathroom. It made me almost want to go to the bathroom on myself and just deal with the consequences. Just permanent damage because I yeah. didn't want to go to the bathroom just, during that movie. I was like, I will just pee on myself and deal with the consequences. That's how good this movie was. Um, <laughs> do that 12th round. <laughs> I, we, we can't not talk about it. I mean, look, spoiler, spoiler, all right? Uh, Donnie's eyes swollen shut. I mean, in it, classic Creed look, by the way. The eyes swollen shut. Well, and, and preface this by saying there's so many good speeches Rocky gives in the movie. That one at the mirror mm-hmm. is a great scene. That was something we saw basically in the first trailer. Yeah, I think. Right. That whole, you know, yep. this is your toughest opponent. And it gets to that whole point where he was like, you're not fighting him in the ring. You're fighting yourself. He's just in the way. Hmm. Which was a beautiful, beautiful speech. But there's so many great speeches in that. But it, that whole moment of take everything, take everybody that's ever hurt you, ever told you you weren't good enough, ever talked bad about you, ever talked bad about your fault, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Take all that and you, you give it to him. And you see that in the moment then, when he hits the But then ground. he looks at him and he says, you're a creed. Yeah. Ugh. And And the moment that shocked me most was when he says that and Donnie gets up to, to go in that 12th round. Um... I was like, "Can I stand up?" I jumped in my seat. I mean, I'm not even lying. Like, I got like I, I was with some guys from work, and I and I, I told them we walked, and I said, "Look, I, got, I said I got to tell you something. Y'all don't know me well enough to know what this means to me, but if that ma- if that 70 year old man dies on this screen, you're gonna see a 30 year old man cry in this theater." <laughs> and they said, "We thought she'd cry anyway." I said, "That is a fair assessment, and it may happen." <laughs> Here's the thing. I wish my movie experience seeing this could have been what our Muppets most wanted movie experience was. Dude. Do you remember we had that theater to ourselves? Oh, I Muppets remember. Most wanted. And I like, mean, it was like 10 of us, but it was, yeah, but it was you and me. If, if this thing, if I would have been in the theater with just you and whoever else, you know, and it was our, basically our theater. Oh, I'd have been up and down the aisles. I would have been uh, in that moment. But understand this. And I mean this with all of my heart. When that when he says your creed and that music hits and the he dude stands, stands up, up to fight him, I didn't see the first minute of the rest of that moment because, well because my eyes were so blurred up. I I, I was crying. I, man teared, tears. I, I I cried. I cried. I openly wept. I, I do not deny it one bit. I cried almost as much as I did at Toy Story three. This this was just like it was everything. And then when he goes down. Well, he went and he goes down before that. Right? Oh, that oh, does he go down before that? He goes down before it, and he sees that flash of Creed, and that's when he gets and that's up. When and he, that's I when I mean, it pops up like a madman. Uh huh. Like I mean, and the, and the announcer even says it like he's possessed by some kind of demon. Oh. <laughs> and the, yeah, and then he goes and, tw- and he just takes it to him, and they go at it, and when he gets under him and hits him, and the dude goes down, I'm like, they're gonna let him win. They are going to let I thought, him win. I, split decision, obviously, saw that coming. But I I thought, I was like, yes, I, this is where we're going to differ from the first one. Mm-hmm. The underdog's going to win. Mm. And I was waiting for it, and then, of course, he didn't. But it didn't matter. I mean, just like just like the first one, just like Rocky Balboa, it didn't matter that he didn't win. 
it, it was it wasn't about that. He he won the fight. Creed wins the night. The um, whole arena just shouting oh Creed. Gosh, and uh, that interview where he's like, "What would you say to your dad right now?" It's just that I love him and uh, and I'm proud of him. And I'm and then his mom is like, "And I know my mom's watching, and I probably scared her to death." She's like, "You scare me, but I love you too." You know, <laughs> I love Felicia Rashad so much. But those mo- those quick cuts back to her, mm-hmm. they just <sighs> added to it, man. Dang it, there was one moment that was perfect. Shoot. Bianca said something, Rocky said something, and they cut to her, and she did it too. She says the exact same thing, yeah. I it was a hat trick, and I don't remember the line. Oh. Was it get up? Mm-hmm. I think been. so. I, don't know. I think but, so. But it was, it was, but Bianca said get up, Rocky said get up, and then it cut to her, like spilling her wine. Get up! Get up. And <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I, I howled. It was great. She, I mean, look. Her watching it, you know, the minute she sits down, I'm like, oh, she's about to watch this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing she didn't want to do. Well, listen, before that even happened, when the locker room with the trunks that she sent. What I love is they had Creed on the front and Johnson on the back. Well, what I thought was about to happen was she was going to send two and one was going to say Creed and one was going to say Johnson. And he was going to pick Creed. And he was going to pick Creed up. Mm-hmm. And... After I thought about that, I was like, you know, if I'd written this, that may have been the way I did it. But <laughs> I kind of loved that it was both. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's just, again, so fitting. Everything so fitting about what went down. I can't... It, this is just a perfect addition to that story. And obviously, sequel's in the works. Um, yeah, he's going to fight Drago's son. That's not true. That's not happening. Uh, but um, now, I did for, see someone... I did see a fan tweet you know that they hope that drago does come into play somehow i don't need that i I don't i don't know that i need that i i feel like drago is i feel like drago's dead i feel like the the russian premier and folks killed him they're like you couldn't handle that little american you're dead uh because that's what they did back in the day guys um (laughs) got real if you embarrassed if you embarrassed mother russia you died the kgb took him out Mm -hmm. um uh, so yeah, he's he's somewhere in Siberia. I, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see Tommy dead, but you know, whatever. It's, Tommy is dead, Derek. Tommy died. Yeah. Like the actor. Yeah. He he passed away of the AIDS. Oh. Yeah. HIV. Huh. Mm-hmm. So the score was good. The score is outstanding. Um, it, it's it's a lot more understated than Bill Conti's work, um, in the original Rocky. But Ludwig, you're right over there. Yeah. Okay. Ludwig Göransson. Gesundheit. Uh, that's the guy's name who did it. He does a great job of of progressing the Rocky. You know, John Ottman did, and and I know you love Superman Returns as do I, mm. and um. You know, John Ottman did a great thing where he took Williams' music, he incorporated it in just the right place, but he also did something really cool with, like, the love theme. And that scene where Lois and Superman meet up on the roof of the Daily Planet and um, they go flying or whatever, there's some stuff happening, and the love theme kind of builds up almost, 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 and then it finally hits right toward the end of their flight together. Um and everything else he does outside of William stuff really just kind of progresses 
not progresses, but plays off really well what Williams... Evokes. Yeah, what Williams did. Here, Gorenson does the same thing. Uh, he doesn't ape Bill Conti, but what he does is he has a score that evolves from Rocky into this new era. But it's very, it is very brass heavy, it's, but it's also got some percussion to it. Um, it's a little more understated. Like I say, you know, I know that you're big on, on basically his running theme, which is something about um, going to fight hard, going to fight strong. Well, not no, not even the the lyric. I mean, just the the bit you played at the outset of the show. Right. The, is what I was referring okay, to. Okay, yeah, that's that's actually the music that 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 track on the on the uh, soundtrack is called the Conlon Fight, which it it has that uh, that whole feel there. Um, yeah. Let me let me play a little bit of this here. See. That. Yeah. No, that's just the music done up like a suite. That's a Creed suite. But it does, it, it has, it really does evoke that feeling that Conti gave in the first Rocky, especially. Um, but again, it's not aping it. It's just a nice, like, we're moving into something different. But the influence of the original is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I really dig it. But especially when you get into, and I'm going to tell you this on, on the score. If you get the if you get the score, um, which you do so at Amazon.com using the links, they do the same thing that the Balboa soundtrack did. How how so? You got dialogue at the end of it. You got track. dialogue at the end of some tracks, yeah. But the Conlon fight rolls right into that round twelve motif, and which is basically Rocky's music, and then it morphs into Creed's music. And it's and it's it's done so well. And again, like I say, you can go to the, geek, the Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com. Download this puppy. Uh, click on them. Click on those links. Go to Amazon and download this puppy. Help the shows out and uh, help yourself out by getting a pretty good soundtrack. I've never heard of this Ludwig Göransson before, though. Has he done much? He's a new one. I haven't IMDb'd him quite yet. I'm I'm working on it now for you. Stand by. <clears throat> so let's the soundtrack. Uh, he produced all of Childish Gambino's records. I don't know who that is. Uh, Troy from Community. Okay. Can't think of Troy from Community's name at the moment to save my life. Uh, Gleason? No, Glover. Uh, Donald Glover. Excuse Glover. me. Gotcha. Donald Glover. Um. Let's see. He did. He scored Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. So obviously he and Cougar. Okay, so there's some there's that. some stuff. He does the music for New Girl. So this is a guy that's been. Oh, doing... he did all the com- the score for Community. Okay, so yeah, so he's worked in a lot of TV. I mean, he's pretty prolific here since 2007. Yeah. With uh, with some shorts, with some TV. Um, he is one year older than me, and so that makes me feel like <laughs> I've done nothing. Uh, with uh... oh wow, Tales from Radiator Springs is that a Cars thing? Yeah. Um so yeah, okay. So this guy's got, you know, he's he's branching on into the uh to the big screen. Um good on him. Good work, you know. Uh he's from Sweden. So, but his his music does evolve does evoke that Bill Conti feel. And um and again, I think it's obviously it's someone who 
grew up loving the music of Rocky. I, I tell you what, it when it really got good for me. Of course, there was that bit with the running, but um, I guess the end credits. Mm-hmm. Is there just an end credit track on the CD? There sure on the is. Score there stand that up. one with the choir. Um, I don't Let's know see. if you want to play that. Yes. I don't know that I've ever stayed through the credits just to listen to the score yeah, of the movie before. Right. I sat through the credits and, you know, listened to, again, to listen to it, to listen to the score. Um, again, you can hear those those kind of electric drums going on, you know, but the, yeah. And you described it to me as this, Derek, when we were talking about it uh, before I went and saw it, as almost a superhero theme. It is to me. Yeah. Like it, it, it feels like a superhero. It really theme. does. It really does. Um, but uh, I. But I was humming it as I was leaving mm-hmm. the theater, you know. The dun, 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 dun. I, I'm, so it, it definitely stuck with me. Um, I'm in. I just, I mean, I guess that's what I come away with is, is I'm in for future installments of Creed. Wherever they go with it, I'm good. Do you think, I guess the big question, um, come Creed 2, that, that Rocky will be around? I I I think what we'll see in Creed two is Rocky actually pass. I see what I think we'll see in Creed two is there'll just be a scene where he goes to the cemetery where where he goes to the Donnie goes to the cemetery to talk to Rocky. Maybe may they may do, they may choose to do it that way, but I feel like with Rocky kind of stepping in and taking that Mickey role, that you know they'll they'll want to use his death as a. I feel like force. they did that in this one though already. You fight, I fight. Yeah, but you fight, I, I like fight. That, this well, was, yeah, I, I just feel like that that was that I, that's why they didn't go that route. I feel to, like this was more Adrian, you know, in a coma than well, Mickey maybe. dying. I don't know. I just thought that the whole thing at the end was. I don't know. I could I could see him doing it either way. You know, one thing that we hadn't talked about in in. And I hate to talk so much about Rocky because it really is Donnie's movie. But one of the things that gets brought up in this movie very subtly that never gets brought up in any other Rocky outside of four is Rocky's guilt over not throwing in the towel for Apollo. Uh, not stopping the fight. That There's that point where in the restaurant where Rocky just grabs the chair and sits down at the beginning. Right. Where he's, I mean, the weight of... Mm-hmm. everything he's telling him is kind of coming down on him. And he didn't ever think he was going to have to answer for some of this stuff, like not calling Marianne since the funeral or, you know, gave a nice speech and all that. Yeah. Nice speech. Good. I mean, good moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's so many good character beats with Rocky. So many good character beats with Donnie. I don't feel like any of it was super predictable. You know, the only reason I would have predicted, you know, Donnie slipping back into jail overnight was because we saw it in the trailer. Um, but it made sense why, you know, and he even explained, I just found out that Rocky was, had cancer and I, I wasn't in a good head space. And, um, I like that Bianca doesn't let him off the hook super easily. You know, she's kind of unobtainable, uh, to start with. And he has to wear her down the same way that Rocky had to wear down Adrian. Um, but of course their relationship's a different relationship. 
but he does say through the door, I need you. Um, and that's but she's what, already taken the, 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 the hearing, hearing aids out by that point. Yeah. She could still hear him though. Yeah. That's just, I, yeah, that was important to me mm-hmm. that she had gone to the, the depths to do that after he had embarrassed her so much at the, at the concert. Mm. Good movie, man. Don't call me baby Creed. That's good. Oh. You got to let it out right there. Give it to that guy. I love that everybody, and I loved it in Balboa that everybody still calls Rocky champ, no matter where he is. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's what you do with old with old. Well, fighters. even Bianca, she was like, you, didn't t- you know, your uncle's white, but then she's like, you didn't <laughs> tell me your uncle was Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I love that in this universe, that's how important, how big these people were. Whether or not he actually, the Cold War or not, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a boxing fan, it doesn't matter who you are, you know who Rocky Balboa is. Right. If you live in Philly, especially, uh huh, you know Rocky, and you know who Apollo is. You know, definitely know Apollo. Well, I feel like they're almost in that universe. They're almost the um, Apollo's. The uh, why can't I think of the guy's name now? I'm going Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. and Rocky's almost the Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You know, it just because uh, when you think back in 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 real world boxing. You know, what other two names? Maybe a George Foreman, you know, but now he's known more for a grill than for fighting. Uh, but, you know, those are those are probably the two biggest names in boxing, Ali and Tyson. And, um, and, and since Tyson, there hasn't been that big name. I, Floyd Mayweather now, I guess, but even he has – there's an – there's a there's an air about boxing because of like the UFC and everything nowadays that you know it's just kind of boxing's taken a back seat and has really struggled as a sport to capture people's imaginations again and um and you watch movies like this and you're like it's never and then you think well I'm going to get into boxing and it's never as good ever it's, it's never as good <laughs> when you don't have that connection that's right is that the right word? Yeah. When when you don't when you don't have a two hour When um, I don't see Adrian in the coma, I don't care about you. That's right. When I don't when I don't see your two hour backstory leading in this fight, and when it's actually, you know, uh, twelve rounds and Yeah, you just look like a punk up there. Yeah, and there's not quick cuts uh to the biggest moments of it, then yeah, I'm 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 not into it. I'm not into it. I mean, it at all. to me, if nobody had that two hour exposition of Rocky and it was just the Italian stallion fighting Apollo Creed. Everybody's going, why, why do we care about this? What's right, right. Big deal? Exactly. Nowadays. Oh, you didn't see the movie. You... Oh, yeah. Well, look, you got to go back and watch this thing on ESPN. Um, why is this a big deal? Did, uh, if you're Rocky, do you just like kick that dude out of your gym? Pretty much. I mean, at that point, isn't that what you, isn't that, isn't that what you should do is be like, uh, hey, yo, I, I mean, you got to go. You can't keep. I asked you not to let it. You let people know about the kid, and you did. Okay, that that was a question I had. Does Rocky own Mickey's? Yeah. Did, yeah was yeah. that established in Balboa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and it was established in five. Is the only thing that well, I, I remember he owned the building, but nothing was happening there, was there? Right, right. And the only thing that was left, the only thing that was untouched when they lost all their money in five was Mickey's gym. 
who had left it to Robert. Had left it to, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, but I just didn't know that he actually owned it. And he kept it going. He opened it back up in five. Yeah, you kick him out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Find you a new manager to run the place. Um, But Rocky probably won't. Rocky's probably like, you know, you do that. Friends don't owe. Friends do because they want it. You know, he's Rocky. He's too good-hearted. Well, it's, and we touched on it slightly. As far as training montages go, how hard was it to watch Rocky decline? To watch? Oh my gosh! I mean, that was tough for me. I liken it to Superman Four, dude. When Lois, when when he finally finds that crystal and he looks all spent way old. worse than that to me. Yeah. I mean, just that him having to help him out of bed. Listen, I mean. We knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. We we knew that he was going to be sick in this movie, and we knew that it was probably cancer. And I didn't see this in a trailer or anything to know this part of it. But when he's in the ring with him, right before he throws up the first time before they go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. when he's in the ring with him, I'm like, sparring with him, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, it's about to happen. And I was, I was like, I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I looked down at my feet. I was like, I'm not going to cry in a theater. I'm crying in the theater today. <laughs> As a tear hit my shoe. Yeah. What is what is this? What is this salty discharge coming from my eyes? You're making tears this? coming out of my face. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, when they did, I mean, the makeup, either they took off a lot of makeup or they did a lot of makeup work because there were moments where he just looked horrible. And then... I mean, like he was already dead. Yeah. And then, like, for the rest of the... The movie, he kept that hat on, and it looked like when you'd get kind of shots of his hairline a little bit, it looked like, you know, he was losing it. Well, yeah, I mean, he lost his eyebrows. Mm. Um, But that, just that way they ate, there's that one shot of him in bed, and they're looking at the iPad. Yep. And he just looks so weak. Mm -hmm. And to see the Italian stallion look so, like, it broke my heart, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tough to watch. You know, as 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 good as like him doing the training in the hospital was, it was heartbreaking to see Rocky in the condition that he was in. Um, and but but then again, you know, Donnie kept up his in the bar, and he's like, "You fight, I fight," which I loved. Yeah, and and uh and and kept him going right through it. So, dude, I'm I'm telling you. Uh, I'm I'm with you. Wherever they go, I'll go with them at least for one more. If I could watch it again this moment, this moment I would. If they were, oh, if they were like, there's a twelve fifteen show, and I'm running to I'm going. I'm there. I'm I there. Will run there. <laughs> I told you, and I've made this joke before because I can remember like my dad and people talking about going to the first one and mm-hmm. telling stories about, and this one, you know, urban legend or not, but people always tell us stories about when the first one ended. People were so jazzed when the original film ended, because it ends in those moments, you know, mm-hmm. that it ends in the ring in those Adrian, you know, I did it and yeah, I love you and all that. Right. And then it just ends like mm-hmm. that freeze frame on his face there in the ring and the music kicks in and people are like, I'm running home. I don't drive me. I'm running, I'm running home. <laughs> like I always thought that that was, you know, a right. funny story, but probably people didn't really do that. But you know, that people claim to have done it. I never got it until I saw Balboa in theaters. Right. Um, and I still say Balboa should have won, 
you know, in the deleted scene, in the alternate ending, he wins. They did three takes. Oh, what's the other one? They did. Uh, they did a complete draw, um, where where it was a draw where all three were. Or no, I'm sorry. They did several endings. They did. Rock. I'm sorry. The DVDs only got one. Well, my Blu-rays. Only yeah, got one. I read a report from the set because they actually did it at a fight, um, and someone was saying they they filmed several innings they did rocky wins by decision he loses by decision he wins by knockout and he loses by knockout they filmed it so that no one there in the arena would know would know which one they went with right i got you and what actually ends up happening is it split decision and mason right gets it and then the dvd rocky gets it by split decision which i still think is the way it should happen i don't i like the i like the way it ended it made more sense it makes more sense but you just as hard as he worked, I wanted him to win it I even agree. more than I wanted him to win it in the first one. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I see that, but I, I also like because the point was not winning. Again, the point was making it all the way, was going true. the distance, and to leave it all in the ring. And that's very much in the first one. I just want to go the distance with Creed. Right. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed before. Right. And so, and to leave it all in the ring. So when he when there when he doesn't even stick around for the decision or to talk to anybody, he's just like, let's go. All right, you know, and Pack they and they go walking out, and so and the freeze frame actually happens on the uh, him turning back around. Well, with, grabbing someone's hand, yeah, on the way out, and then it cuts to the cemetery scene. You know, yo, yeah. Adrian, we did it. Um, um mm. that's good stuff. I'm not. That's my only experience with Rocky, Rocky in the theaters. Me too. I grew up with I grew up with Rocky on VHS. Me too. Me too. Um, Balboa was the only one I saw in theaters, but. I fully got the wanting to run home at the end of this one. <laughs> exactly. Even even after the downtime of going up the steps ending, which was a fantastic ending, um, I still wanted to. I was still jazzed up and wanted to run home. Come on, old man. Two more. Oh, I loved that he called him Unk. Mm-hmm. Like every time he did the movie, I just like it made me so happy. Hey, Unk. Yeah. Did you call me Unk. Better than OG. What's OG? Original gang. Yeah, I'll take on old or old ass gang. That's what it's called. Old ass gang. I'll take on. Dude, when he says get up and you hand it to this sob, I'm like, oh. I'm telling you, I just. I mean, he he evoked so much Mickey. Mm-hmm. He really did. I feel like evoke is the word of the night. It's the Pee Wee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well. That's I, that's that's all I can do. That, that can just, you can we do more? It's just gush all over. At man. this point, you should have turned it off forty minutes ago and gone to watch the movie. Exactly. If you hadn't already, if stop, you did, we spoiled the whole thing for yeah, you. Yeah, stop listening to people talk about it and just go watch it. I, this movie needs to make all the monies. I think it's going to. And I'll say this: I did something I've never done before. I tweeted Michael B. Jordan just to say. Oh, did you? I love. I've never done it before in my life. Tweet a celebrity after I saw a movie. But I, I tweeted Michael B. Jordan to say I loved it. It was great. Thank you so much. So that's that was my that was my night. I like it. <laughs> that's what I did with my <laughs> evening. What about you? <laughs> so not that he'll see it because I know everyone tweets him. But I was just like, he's got to know from from one fan that that it was really good stuff. So yeah. So there's my life and my night, guys. That's all I got. I like it. Derek, thanks for sitting in, man. Ah, 
you couldn't keep me away from this one. You can listen to more of me and Derek not only on round three here at uh, the Goliverse, but also on Starkville Labs and Starkville House of L. It's not two podcasts, it's one. Where we talk about CW's The Flash and CBS's Supergirl. And have, I'm having a blast doing that with you again, man. Me too. I, I told Feels you like today, old times. I told you today, it's been some of my favorite stuff I've done in a while. Is uh, is is riffing on stuff with you with those shows and so, so check those out. Starkvillelabs.com uh, is is where you can go to find those shows and of course geekoutpodcast.com for everything else we do around here. Don't forget you can. It's holiday shopping time, so use the Amazon links at Geek Out Podcast and geekoutonline.com to do all your shopping. Audibletrial.com slash geekout for your free audiobook download and your free trial of audible.com. Great service, great way to consume uh, literature is to have it read to you. I love it, so go check that out. Uh, if you want to support the shows directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. You want a Geek Out Loud t-shirt, a Mark Out Loud t-shirt? Head over to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We also have Disney Vault Talks and Rock Out Loud shirts there. Uh, want to get a round three shirt up. You uh, want a Derek Out Loud shirt? Too bad I got the only one. And the <laughs> Limited and, edition. And also, uh, we have a Tee Public store where it, it works almost like the Amazon referral stuff. Head over to geekoutpodcast.com and just click on the Goliverse Tee Public store. And there's a lot of different shirt designs that have to do with stuff we talk about here in the Goliverse a lot. There's some Rocky-themed shirts there. So go check it out, uh, and and if you buy some, it kicks back to the shows a little bit. You can email give that, us. Give that address again. Uh, just go to geekoutonline.com/shirts for the Goliverse shirts, and then go to geekoutpodcast.com and click on uh, Goliverse shirt store, and it'll get you there. Uh, the email is geekoutonline.com at gmail. I'm geekoutonline.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and discuss uh, this and other upcoming films with you via the email. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud uh, for discussions and fun times over on the Facebook. On Twitter, at geekoutloud, at Goliverse, at Steve Glosson, and Derek is at WD Russell. Give us a follow and uh, follow what we're doing. Don't forget about the new show, DC on DC, coming to the Goliverse later this week. And uh, looking forward to seeing what Dave and Chad bring to the table as they talk DC news, comics, movies, all kinds of good stuff. Once again, Derek, thanks so much, man. It's always good. Thank to, you. Always good to podcast with you. For Derek Russell, I'm Steve Glosson. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.